This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome, this is another show on the Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network and my name is Anne-Marie Cross. Now, building credibility and trust with your ideal clients, your tribe, is something that I know all of us here as ambitious entrepreneurs want to achieve and it's one great way to achieve that is to host a virtual event. Now, my guest today is Lynn Pierce, who's also known as the Virtual Event Maven and she's the trusted expert that you can turn to when you need guidance and advice about anything and everything to do with virtual events. Now, on today's show, Lynn's going to share what a virtual event is and how they can help you grow your list, how you can create a virtual event that stands out in a very crowded marketplace, and why you don't have to be a technical genius or have a trust fund in order to make virtual events part of your business and so much more. So, welcome to the show, Lynn. Hi, I'm Maria. I'm so happy to be with you today. <laughs> now, virtual events, that's something that many of us are familiar with the term, but I know that many other ambitious entrepreneurs may not have heard that term. So, how would you define what a virtual event is? It's a good question because I think people will often think of what they're most familiar with when they hear the term virtual event. So, if, if anybody who's listening has been to a telesummit, that's immediately the thing that springs to mind. So, that's where you have something that goes on over a period of time and you get lots of different speakers mm-hmm. who come and tell you about all of the aspects of your business. But webinars are virtual events. Twitter parties are another oh, form of virtual events. Basically, it's anything that you can do where you create a happening online so you're not connected directly with people. They're not in front of you like they would be in a live event. So it's a virtual event. But it's something that happens within a specific time frame. It doesn't necessarily go on and on and on and on like a training program might be or something like that. Yeah. So really, it's it's a teleseminar, a webinar, a telesummit, any of those words that you hear out there, they all pretty much can be described as virtual events. Yeah, because I think so. the virtual element is that people can attend without actually having to get on a plane, get exactly. in a car, travel to a location. They can access it wherever they are exactly. and the logistics is not an issue. Now, you right. also mentioned in the introduction that a virtual event is a really great way to grow your list. I'd love to to hear your feedback on why, how we can do that with a virtual event. Right, right. And what a virtual event does is it really leverages this power of one to many. So I always like to think about it in terms of, you know, you do, a lot of us do one-on-one work with our clients, particularly in the, in the realm of 
coaching. Consulting, you might reach more people. But with virtual events, you have the possibility of talking yourself and delivering to many people which increases your exposure to a larger audience. And then if you go up the virtual event scale, you're actually connecting many people with many other people. So if, if for example, you're running a telesummit or hosting a telesummit where you have, let's say, five or six other speakers who are showing up with you, they get to bring their lists along and you get to share your list and everybody gets access to everybody's list basically through promotions. Mm -hmm. If you add joint venture partners to promote your event into that mix, there's even more possibility opening up for you. Now that's great. It all sounds wonderful. And I think a lot of people have great grand expectations around, oh, I can really grow my list to huge, by huge numbers. And that's true. But what you've got to remember is everybody who looks at your event, not everybody's going to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. So I like to kind of set people's expectations. I think there's a, a lot of material out there that says, oh, grow your list by thousands. And that's true if you already have a lot of people on your list to start with and you are being promoted by people who've got very large lists. But for most of us, we're starting out at a much more intimate level, I think you can call it, with our tribe. Yes. And um, the reason you're growing your list is you, you know, want to reach more people. So we're reaching out to other people to do work with them and growing our list that way. It's just the power of the one-to-many, I think, that enables you to kind of grow more that way. And I think what's really great about this is that we realise, and, you know, many business coaches and, you know, people are, are saying you really need to get out there and speak and use the one to many model whereas I know many of ambitious entrepreneurs that I speak to are a bit hesitant on doing something live because there's so much yeah it really gets them to step out of their comfort zone right there is something about speaking at a webinar or at a tele summit that takes away that level of fear that has, has stopped people and I can see how beneficial it will be to really build you know as we said the credibility and trust because it takes it to a whole deeper level doesn't it from if someone's reading a tweet or reading an article or or a blog post or something like that, you really can spend a deeper quality time with someone through a virtual event using some of the tools that you mentioned earlier. Exactly, exactly. Now, they are something I think, as you said, that are getting more more popular because, I I mean, I know if I read some of the emails that I get, such as Uh webinars and um, tally summits, I haven't quite heard of a Twitter party before. That's quite a a great (laughs) title. So considering that so many more businesses now are using webinars or tally summits to really get out there and grow their lists and so forth, what are some things that we can consider thinking about our virtual event that can help us stand out from the crowd? Right. And you're right. It's a very, I mean, I'm not, well, I'm on a number of lists, but I I reckon I I must get at least one invitation to a telesummit a week in my inbox these days. Now, admittedly, I'm on a lot of lists because I like to watch what's going on in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. but there are an awful lot out there these days. And I think it's one of those market and demand situations that the more you can do to distinguish yourself from the pack, the more chance you have of standing out. And of course, it's hard to stand out when there's so much out there in the marketplace. So one of the key pieces of advice that I give to my clients when we're planning their event is to focus on your audience first and then your speakers second. 
And I think a lot of people will, maybe this is a little bit disingenuous, but it's almost as though they wake up one morning, decide, right, I'm going to run a telesummit. They contact a bunch of speakers and they throw together some topics that those speakers talk about and they create a telesummit. And that's great, but who are you targeting this at <laughs> is my big, deep question for that. There's no real kind of brand or feeling. So knowing that you have a, a background in branding, Anne-Marie, I know you'll appreciate this. That there's I'm no nodding my head. Theme, you can't see right. me, but I'm nodding my head agreeing with you. <laughs> but it's there's no real theme or nothing for people to kind of get their kind of teeth into around this Mm -hmm. so work with clients to do is actually to reach out to their own tribe their area of specialty or if you're working with other speakers to have them do this for you if they don't have a particular topic that they work with and find out what the biggest problem or the biggest challenge is that your tribe is facing right now and then build your topics out around those challenges or problems and I think that's a much better way to build something that's actually attractive for people yeah. because it's going to be much more relevant. You know, we said at the beginning, or as I introduced you, that you know, by hosting a virtual event, you can build credibility and trust with your tribe. You're wanting mm-hmm. to grow your list. Now, if you throw something together and haven't really thought of a theme or common topic, then right. I'd imagine that the people that you're attracting on your list may not necessarily be your ideal client. And so you're right. really defeating the purpose. So not only are you not attracting the right people, you might have people on your list that are just really not interested at the end of the day on in, in stepping into and investing in your products or services. Right. So that whole marketing, you know, using a virtual events as a great marketing tool and visibility tool, you've really not positioned yourself in the best possible way. So I can see how much sense it really makes as to, okay, what is the theme? What is it that my audience is wanting to find out more about? And then structuring right. your virtual event, whether it's a telesummit or a webinar on that particular topic. Exactly. And in fact, I was working with a client earlier today and what I would normally do is have somebody go out to their tribe with a single one statement or one question survey, which is, you know, if you could ask me one question about X, X being your topic or your theme, what would it be? And that open question can bring back to you a whole bunch of things that you may not even have considered. And I know in working with my client today, they had done a recent survey and asked a question that was similar. It was along the lines of, you know, if you could have an hour with me, what would you want to talk about? Yes. And that was a good question, but the responses that came back were actually not in the theme direction that they wanted to go in. And so we actually spent some time today crafting a better question Mm -hmm. to ask people and almost preceding and not preceding with a C, but pre-seeding with an S. So when you're talking about something in advance of it happening. So we actually mentioned the fact that she's going to be putting together a telesummit it's actually we called it or referred to it as a virtual conference and we're really interested to know what topics you're interested in or what challenges or problems are you facing that you would like some help with and offering those two alternatives that allows you to capture people who are on both ends of the spectrum of you know they're either moving away from pain or they're moving towards 
the good things. They're yes. more goal-oriented. Yes. So you're able to kind of capture a wider spectrum of people. But it's just asking that simple question. And she said, well, do we really need to leave it this open? It's like, yep, because you'll get all the good language back and you'll find out exactly what it is they want to hear about. I love that question, Lynn. Can you just repeat that? Because I'm sure all the ambitious entrepreneurs listening to you've just <laughs> gone and grabbed a pen and paper if you haven't already got one. So right. what is that incredible question that you've recommended we ask? Right. So if you do put it in the context of we're planning an event. Yes. So we'd love to hear from you about what topics you'd be really interested in hearing about or that would help you move your business forward or what problems or challenges are you currently facing that you would like help with. Love that. Love that. And And then you also mentioned another question about if you could ask one question about, and then obviously whatever it's about, starting your business or how can I take my business to the next level, what would that be? That was it. Exactly. And that's another good open question that X is replaced by your topic or your theme or your area of specialty. And that's the question. That's another question that you can open up people or get that open response with. So you really want to ask them open questions, things that don't result in a yes, no answer, as hopefully we all know about those, right? Yes. And that's going to give you language for your sales copy for your virtual event because it's their language and it's going to give you all those great topic ideas maybe even some speaker ideas yeah uh, that you hadn't considered before so i love both of those suggestions of the open-ended questions and how to send that to your community because i can see that and we're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail as well about you know the work and behind the scenes involved in planning and, and launching one of the virtual events but i can see that if we don't do this as the initial first step everything else that we do such as the the you know the planning of the content the getting of the speakers everything the sales page our tweets everything to promote it it's not going to grab the attention of the people who we want to get on our list and who we want to listen or to to participate in the in the virtual conference or virtual event it's really pivotal isn't it everything else will fall into place once we identify information from these types of questions and asking our our tribe. It's what's interesting is this, I mean, I come from a corporate consulting background and and I worked in the new product development arena for many years. And the one key thing that any product development organisation will do is to reach out to the market to find out what it is they're struggling with. And that is a big, big lesson for all of us that, you know, that's what makes business tick is making sure you listen to your customer. Absolutely. And don't, don't come along and think that you have the right answer. Because Creating a product always, and thinking right. this is going to sell like yeah. cupcakes and then, you know, we sell one yeah. or two and, and a thousand CDs right. or DVDs are still sitting on our shelf. And I right. think it's the planning. These are the fundamental yeah. building blocks in which everything else is created. And I think this is something that I find too and, and you know, love to, to hear your thoughts on this. So often we do forget what our ideal clients are struggling with or what we do is because we know our product, we know our service inside out and there's certain terminologies that we use when we talk about it, we forget that our ideal client, so our ideal audience member, the person who we want on our list and attending our event – 
is using different language to describe right. his or her problem and we need to really be focused on how are they describing it and how can I show them that what we are talking about in our virtual event is going to absolutely 100% show them how to overcome that. So we really need to be mindful of the words, the language, how they describe that. It's really true. And we. I think the other thing we forget is that People find us, they work with us, they consume, you know, the products that we have to offer and then they mature and they move on and we get another audience in and that new audience may have slightly different terminology. Mm. So we need to stay tapped into that to make sure that we understand how people talk about our subject area and to be tapped into that effectively, if you will. I was reminded of this lesson, you know, many years ago when I used to network and and go to different networking Uh meetings. Still do that, but this is an example that I want to share. And, you know, I would get up and I would list the the programs and packages and and things like that and and talk about the benefits. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until one of the gentlemen came up to me and says, look, I love how you get up there and present. He said, but I'm just, you know, it it was a guy who sold telephone systems. So, anyway, not, not that I'm saying anything against it, but he said, what is it that you're actually doing? And I said, well, in actual fact, it's how to get stand out, get more clients and get more money in your bank. Oh, we said, oh, that right. Because we yeah. get so tied in with these yeah. great titles and, you know, the, the programs that we develop. We really just want to bring it back to the base. How is your ideal client going to, you know, the ears prick up and think, hey, this is for me. So, right, such right. a great, great reminder. I'm often having to remind myself about that. <laughs> Where is it? It's the curse of knowledge, isn't it? That we're yeah. so immersed in our topic that we forget that not everybody knows as much as we do and they don't necessarily know the language yet that we use. And that's where, as you say, bringing it back to basics, it's about more clients and more money in your pocket. That's that's right. Um, And that's when the ears prick up and think, hey, that's that's for me. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And that's something I learned that you can always, pretty much always translate most things in to money mm-hmm. when it comes down to it what that means to people in terms of their bottom line yeah absolutely. you know the return that they get from doing something. I mean that's such so. a great reminder I mean you know if you're listening today which I know you're taking lots of notes you've got great questions to ask but you also have to be mindful of the descriptions that you use the titles mm-hmm. when your ideal client or you know person who you want to attend so you know prospective attendee when he or she is reading it or listening to it or whatever being told about it is is he or she connecting with that so and relating right. to it? You need to relate to it. So very, yeah. very important. I'm glad that we were able to talk about that because I can see <laughs> that that would be, and I'm sure something that you would see many people who have perhaps launched a virtual event and didn't quite get the numbers right. going through that, I probably would imagine that that is a key area that you can see that they've unfortunately not taken the time to really identify and, and right. ensure that that's in the message. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Let's talk a little bit about the work involved to host a virtual event. And I know a lot of ambitious entrepreneurs listening to today's show uh, probably have the assumption that it is a lot of hard work. And really, I wanted to, I guess, give your overview of whether it's worth the time and effort to be put into launching and hosting a virtual event. That's a good question. What I would say is put effort into the planning up front mm-hmm. and the finding out and the research. And again, it comes back to that, you know, I still tap into my, my consulting days of working with new product development teams. You do the research about a new product before you even think about building it. 
Yes. And then you prototype it and you figure it out and you work on it to make sure it's the right thing for your audience. And I'm not saying you necessarily have to prototype your event, although that's actually not a bad idea. I might come back to that in a minute. But it's really worth that effort of planning up front. And I would say one of the key elements of, of doing that planning is actually doing a cost model. <gasps> Horrible thing to say. But, People but have actually, just gone, ooh, that sounds a bit like ooh. budgeting and everything, right, you know. Right, But it's really worth looking at what it's going to cost to put this event on and what sort of revenues you can expect to earn from that. Mm-hmm. And it amazes me the number of people who don't. They just get enamored of the, the list growth thing. Yes. And they don't step back and say, okay, it's great. I'm going to ask my audience. They want to hear about. I can get all that sorted. But what about my goals for this? And too many people go into this without considering that fact. Mm-hmm. So somebody's told them or they've read somewhere, oh, you have to do a telesummit because it's the greatest way to grow your list. It is a wonderful way to grow your list, but you've got to be realistic about it. Yes. And you've got to know what your own expectations are. So if you have a current list, let's say, of 500 people and you want to grow it to 5,000 people, that's a well-stated, clear goal. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to grow your list, then you've got nothing to measure your success against afterwards yes. to know whether you've succeeded or not. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a lot of key things around planning and really getting clear in your own mind about why you're doing it. Is it list building? Is it making money? Is it getting credibility and visibility and looking as though you're an expert or not looking, but becoming an expert in your field? Or is it about making connections, connections that you didn't have before that might open up new opportunities for you? Yeah. So it's worth considering all of those different aspects when you think about doing your event. Mm. Can I ask you, Lynn, just you were going to say something else, so please feel free to to continue. When you're looking at all of those key areas, because you mentioned a number of key things, list building, making money, so obviously Mm -hmm. generating income from that, so I'm I'm assuming perhaps selling audios and things like that, um, creating credibility for yourself and and connections. Could you leverage the virtual event to do all of those different things or would you say there are too many different factors that you would need to concentrate on to really – excel in all of those areas but what you can do is certainly excel in a number of those key areas i'd love your thoughts on that i would say focus on one key area so this is a little bit like the eternal triangle when you're doing project management work yes that it's about cost budget resources and quality and what we always used to tell people in the project management field is you can fix one of those you can manage a second one and then the third one is to the wind basically right you have to let it settle where it will so if you want a high quality product then you're going to have to pay for it both in terms of dollars and time yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I can see that. I mean, and I think, right. you know, sometimes when we're looking at different marketing or, or we're working on a particular project, because each of right. those key areas, such as list building, requires a lot of concentration on this area, that if we're trying to get or leverage from our virtual event too many of those things, because we're concentrating on too many things, we're wearing ourselves thin and we're not going to get the right. best results on any of those things. Right. So right. it's good that you say, look, really concentrate on one key area. Yeah and do that really well yeah and it's i mean it opens up an interesting kind of conflict that a lot of people will have so they'll say oh yeah yeah yeah, i want to grow my list you know as quickly and as big as possible 
but I want to make money. So, but I want to have a free event, they'll tell you. And you go, okay. So you want to make money and you want to grow your list. So which of those is most important? Well, they're both really important. No, which one, if you could only have one, which one is it? And that's the question that you need to ask people because then if you're planning on a free event, making money is going to be a little bit harder (laughs) than if you're going to charge to have people come to your event. Exactly. So it's making sure, and that's why I like to think about if you put all of this down on paper, and, you know, it can be just a simple kind of, categorized list of things to look at that you've actually thought about all of the aspects of what you're doing as you go into it so that you don't go in blind yeah yeah. so that you understand that in order to get let's say another thousand people on your list you might actually have to reach ten thousand people in terms of your marketing because most people don't consider that that most of what hits our inbox most of us, you know, I mean, if we look at our own behaviours, we don't rush at every single offer that appears in our inbox exactly. these days. Exactly. If we do, then I don't think we have much time to That's do that. That's right. Visits, We're too so. busy. Att- you're, you're attending way too many virtual <laughs> right. events. Get back to work. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But look, it's, so it's really, it's, 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 it's certainly something to, very important to consider. You know, what is your main right. goal? And let that be your focus so that you can put all of your attention and energy on that. And I mean, like, I think list building is an incredible way because then you've got people right. in your keep in touch communication system, which yes. hopefully people have in place. And through that, you can nurture the relationship and then to step into some of your other paid programs and, and so forth. Because let's face it, I think when people first get to know you there is that cycle of trust that needs to be built I mean obviously there's elements of trust that can be built but you know down the track that new person could step into a high-end program of yours and they would never have heard of you had it not been for your virtual event so it was great to be able to get some feedback on that now for the people who are really what I call like a technophobe anything (laughs) to do with technology webinars you know it's sort of like there are eyes glaze over should they avoid a virtual event altogether do you think no no how many of us talk on the telephone everybody sticks their hands up right (laughs) (laughs) so the simplest technology that's out there is the telephone Mm -hmm. in terms of the virtual events that's doing a teleseminar or even a telesummit i mean you don't have to do anything very complicated and then the other thing is to and this is why you know i when I talk about all of this, it's always couched in the frame of virtual events. And that can mean all sorts of different things from, you know, the, the one day, one session teleseminar, mm-hmm. as we say, to all the way through to the multi-speaker, multi-day affairs. If you have never done this before, start small. And actually, that's a great way to prototype out your idea, to actually host a uh, you know, an open teleseminar call where you do a little bit of teaching, but you invite people to come and get to know you a bit more and to ask you questions. And that really then hits into this whole realm of building trust with your tribe. Yes. And I think one of the things, particularly when we're beginning to grow, opening ourselves up to being available to people is the thing that people value the most. Mm -hmm. So rather than kind of maintaining this distance, yeah, that's great when you've got a list of hundreds of thousands of people and you're a superstar, but we're not all there yet. So open yourself up to having some direct contact through, I don't know, a monthly webinar or a monthly teleseminar. But when it comes to the technology, you can bite it off in small chunks, try a bit, 
see what works for you. And if it does, then great. If you've got some budget available to you, get some help because there are a lot of great people out there who can help out with this and who can, can get things set up for you so that really all you need to do is turn up and be on the call and ask the questions or introduce the people and you can actually have somebody manage all the backroom technology for you. So that is possible. Yeah. And of course, you know, if people are still, that this is such an exciting, I guess, prospect that they want to really start leveraging in their marketing right. and that, you know, they've heard of what we've been talking about today and they think, you know what, I really need some handholding. Of course, they can reach out to you and uh, this is something that you do every single day. I'm sure you live and breathe right. Virtual right. events, you could organise them in, in, in your sleep. In my sleep, yes. yes. I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I will be very clear, I'm pretty selective about who I work with. And I don't tend to work on the production details. So I'm thinking more of, you know, when you get help, I'm thinking about virtual assistants who've got some experience with helping their clients put on a teleseminar or a webinar. So there's plenty of people out there with lots of great experience who can actually handhold you from a technical standpoint. And what I love about that is the fact that entrepreneurs, in my mind, are the, one of the key economic drivers in the world today is that we have an opportunity to have other people do work for us. And when we can define it in a nice, neat, small unit as I have a project where I want to put on a teleseminar, can you help me? It's going to be giving them work and helping you out at the same time. So it's a great way to get that economic engine going. And that's something that I've definitely passionate about. So. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm just looking through some of my notes. I had another recording this morning and one of the statistics was um, for the US, 8.3 million women-owned businesses in the US generating nearly $1.3 trillion in revenue and employing nearly 7.7 million people. And Australia, it follows uh, behind that. Right. But that's an incredible figure. It's, it's huge, isn't it? It's huge, figure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and actually, I know in a lot of government statistics, home-based businesses are completely ignored in their stats. Oh, Interesting. really? Oh, yes. Wow. So they so that figure could could I mean could actually yes. be way way bigger. Yeah. There's something about the definition of small businesses actually kind of forgets that there's an awful lot of us who are doing this solo. Yeah. Or you know, we just we are solo, but we use virtual assistants to help us run our businesses and I'm not sure how accurately the statistics reflect those those numbers and we know that more and more people are turning to this kind of entrepreneurial lifestyle because it has great returns I think ultimately at the end of the day yeah. and great satisfaction for everybody absolutely so. well look Lynn it's been absolutely incredible just catching up with you today and to hearing your insights and your wisdom on virtual events and I, I think it's certainly a great way to get and leverage get out there and leverage the one-to-many model without having to get in front of you right. know thousands of people face to face, which is a whole other topic on its own. As oh far as fear factor and ambitious entrepreneurs right. stepping out of right. their, their comfort zone, but if they want to find out a little bit more information and get in contact with you, how can they do that? Well, they can find me at virtualeventmaven.com. 
So welcome anybody to come on over to the website. It's in a state of flux, but aren't all websites. (laughs) (laughs) And you can actually sign up there for my monthly open Q&A call. So something I was talking about earlier that I practice what I preach, hopefully. So I I hold a, a monthly call last Friday of the month at noon Pacific. So for listeners in Australia, does that work? My goodness, I it, don't it know. It change because I know the US right. has gone on to daylight savings and in a few right. weeks, I believe, we're going off. But I, okay. I would imagine, are you recording those? or I may record them and may make them available. Sure. I'm, I'm just kind of playing around with that at the moment. So, but yes, I think what it does do is it gives me food for thought about things I can talk about as I write around virtual events. So, but I'd welcome anybody if they can come. And also on the website, you can reach out and contact me. Very happy to chat to people, you know, offline directly one-on-one to find out more about what it is they want to do and how I might be able to help them, be it through the planning piece, which is where I tend to focus or I'm very well connected in the virtual event world and know a lot of people who can help you out on the more technical aspect of things. I was part of a great program that certified virtual event managers, so I've still got my reach out to those folks. And if you do need that kind of help, then I can certainly put you in contact with the right people. Fabulous, so. fabulous. We might even, if there is a website there, we may even put that down in the, the links and further resources because I think right. that, you know, then you can concentrate because as we, we spoke about today, Lynn, it's really important in the planning, which is where your expertise comes in. Yes. And then once you have that all into place, you may not necessarily want to get out there and learn all of the technical details. There are right. people out there who, what you've just said, who are certified in this. So they right. really are specialists in their that can support you getting it set up getting the message out there so that you can have fun connecting with your tribe as they sign up and attend the virtual event fantastic look thanks again for coming on the show Lynn and I've certainly learned a lot from what you've shared today and I'm sure all of the ambitious entrepreneurs listening have as well thanks again thank you Anne-Marie Hi, this is Anne-Marie Cross, money, mindset and business coach for ambitious women entrepreneurs with today's inspirational tip and it's a tweetable, so go ahead and share it. Be authentic in all that you do for your brand. Passion can't be faked, neither can trying to be something you're not. Be you. When I'm talking about a brand, I'm talking about your reputation. I'm talking about what people say about you when your name is mentioned and what they think when your name is spoken about. It's so very important to be authentic, to be real, to be genuine in everything that you do, everything that you say, in how you present yourself. If you go ahead and launch a virtual event, and why wouldn't you? Lynn has presented some incredible tips on today's show. Everything you do and say speaks your brand and it's so very important to be authentic to be passionate about what you do and bring that message out into the world because trying to be something that you're not will show why wouldn't you want to be authentic and bringing the incredible you in your messages and out to the world so your ideal client can learn more about you. So there you go, be authentic in all you do. Now if this is the first time that you have joined us 
on this show. Welcome. It's a great honor that you have spent some time with us and I certainly hope that you'll subscribe to our iTunes channel and therefore won't miss out on lots of other great tips and strategies that uh, my guests will share each week during the show. Something else that I do on a weekly basis as well is my own podcast, The Coaches Connection Series. And this is where I bring tips and strategies to help you as a coach build a successful coaching business and practice. And if you haven't listened to a previous show, I really encourage you to do so because I've covered a lot of great topics from building a signature brand, why it's so important to niche, lots and lots of tips to help you build a successful business. As an ambitious entrepreneur this show is all about you so if you've got a question or you have a topic that you would like me to cover let me know and I'll make sure that uh, I search the world uh, for a guest who can share their wisdom with you to support you in building a successful business until we meet again next week have an incredible inspired week until then bye for now this is Anne Marie you've been listening to the ambitious entrepreneur show do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.